This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 103, submission number 026, The Paul Lind Show. The Paul Lind Show aired on ABC from September 13, 1972 to March 14, 1973 for a total of 26 episodes. Close your eyes, Greg. Okay, I'm closing my eyes, Chico. I'm going to mention a very well-known game show. Okay. And I want you to give me the first person that comes to mind. Okay. The Hollywood Squares. Oh, Paul Lind. Heathless says Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, Whoop- co- <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Come on, you I know what? Whoopi like- Goldberg was good, too. Whoopi Goldberg was too, but here's the thing. Paul Lind made the franchise. Paul Lind made the franchise, and Bruce Valanche followed. It's Bruce Valanche, everybody! Yay! Uh, Interesting. You know what? That's another topic for another day. Bruce Valanche. Trust me on this. this. That's another topic for another day. Bruce Valanche is a topic for another day. Well... Spoilers. Anyway, so Paul Lind, he is this enormous talent. And, you know, because you remember, you know what? If we're going to tell the story of this show, we should probably start from the very beginning. And, and there's actually two beginnings here. The first is Paul, the beginning of Paul Lind, and the second is the beginning of the show. Paul Lind was a comedian who was hired on to play a role on another show that was produced by William Asher and Harry Ackerman, Bewitched. Yes. Yes, he was, get this, a driving instructor named Harold Harold. Oh, yeah, that's not an original name at all. No, but he delivered it like a pro. He yes. delivered that. And you know, they loved him so much that they offered him another role as... Uncle Arthur. Uncle Arthur, yep. Of course, that would be, uh, what was that, Endora's crazy brother-in-law? Or bra- crazy brother? Okay, Uncle Arthur is a warlock who is Samantha's uncle and Endora's brother. Okay, there you go. We know that. And he he just basically, he made... Because part of the allure of this show is that no way in hell could it be real. 
Oh, bewitched? No. So, Uncle Arthur just took that sort of mystique and ran with it. And he ran with it for six seasons on Bewitched, and, well, they wanted more. And you know what? Paul Lind, not being one to give up a free gig, said, you know what? Okay. So, so to tell this story, let's go back before Paul Lind was hired for Bewitched. Yeah. Okay, before Bewitched, he was known primarily as a stage actor, a stock stage actor. And one of his most memorable roles was in a Mimi Ephron play called Howie, which told the story of a conservative father whose daughter just came home from college with a know-it-all husband. Oh. Who insists on meddling in everybody's affairs. So this was, like, all in the family, kind of, without the racism. Yeah, it was all the family, but not as social. So they developed this pilot, Howie, for CBS in 1962, initially as a replacement for the Dick Van Dyke show. But when the series was saved from cancellation at the last minute, plans for the show were shelved. But the concept William Asher liked so much, he decided to bring it back for ABC as a replacement for Bewitched. Which makes sense, because, again, Bewitched. Bewitched, Uncle Arthur, Paul Lynn's, Paul Lynn's show. See where we're going here? Yeah, and of course you got William Asher. And, and, not, and not only that, but it felt like a glove coming out on that same network. Yeah, so, I mean... Everyone at ABC, the audiences are familiar with Paul Lind. So you think, this is going to be magic. Yeah, this is going to be magic. Paul Lind can just, Paul Lind can deliver a line, let me tell you. I don't know if you've ever, yeah, you probably have the uh, record of Ziggers from the Hollywood Squares, but he can deliver a line. It's like Hollywood Squares or his stage show or Bewitched. He could deliver a line and you know you know that was all him that was his thing that was his shtick that was his raison d'etre that was his it was all that yeah in fact we're gonna play some hollywood square zingers from paul lind right here for five hundred dollars in the tie game true or false every day about 10 million american women take the pill and i can name them all (laughs) When little Frank Sinatra was brought into the world on December 12, 1915, the doctor couldn't help noticing that there was something unusual about the new baby. What was it? He did it his way. Uh, Paul, true or false, according to the Bible, you, you, Paul Lynn, you are a sinner. As long as they spelled my name right. There you go. There you go. Nobody could deliver a line like Paul Lind. Nobody could deliver a line like Paul Lind. Helps matters immensely that Paul Lind actually did the stage version of Howie. So you take that concept, take that actor, put it on the year after Bewitched was canceled. Because Liz Montgomery was not interested in continuing the series... 
divorce will do that to you. The Paul Lynch show, because Paul Lynch, he still had a contract. So William Asher created, well, when he said created, I mean directed, and commissioned Ron Clark and Sam Bobrick. Yes, same Sam Bobrick who created Saved by the Bell. What? Yep. Oh. To to adapt the play or readapt the play for television with Paul playing Paul Sims, an attorney, a shrewd. <laughs> some would even argue a shrewd attorney, and, and also the husband and father family figure. Wait a second. Hold up, Chico. Time out. What, what did you just say? Paul Lynn was a husband and was a husband and a conservative husband and father and attorney. Rather shrewd attorney. Think Sherman Hemsley on Amen. Paul Lind. Paul Lind. Married. Married. To, to a, a woman. To a woman. To a woman. Paul Lind married to a woman. Married to a woman. Paul Lind got married to a woman and the two got busy, okay? Are we sure this is not a science fiction television show? <laughs> you would think that, but no. <laughs> Let's be fair. They might have adopted the kids. We don't know. We don't know if they're biological. We don't know. Uh, we, we don't know, but the love was there. He loved his wife. He loved his kids. There was one person he did not really love at all. I wonder who it is. <laughs> yeah. Again, what's the subject of the show? Howie. Yeah. That, of course, would be Howie Dickerson, Barbara's new husband. And, and here's what it says about Howie Dickerson from Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. An eccentric university student who has a genius intelligence, IQ of 185, and was a whiz with everything and full of advice, but inexplicably could not manage to hold down a job. Okay, so he's smart. He is smart. He is a genius. Probably would have passed the Jeopardy test. Hell, if I could do it, anybody could do it. But he can't get a job. He well, cannot get a job. And that's like, and this is one of those shows where status quo is king. Well, today, if he was around... He'd probably have a podcast with a Patreon making twenty five grand a year. Wait, we're making twenty five grand a year off of this. So, okay, and you know what? If Howie Dickerson was around today, he would be an influencer, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd definitely be an Instagram influencer. It's like, hey, I'm Howie. Look at all this stuff I got. Uh, oh, it's a drink. I, I drink this, and I'm not thirsty anymore, and it's awesome, and you should try it out. Yeah, he gets paid $2,000 every time he says that. Yeah, especially since he's in L.A. Well, a fictional paralogue of L.A., because mm -hmm. the fictional city of, 
Ocean Grove, California. I have to wonder if Power Rangers ripped that off. Anyway, so at the beginning of the series, it was more like the misadventures of Howie and Barbara in their new life as husband and wife while they're still students. And uh, to be clear, Howie is a product of the flower generation. He's yes. Hippy dippy flower power leather craft beads long hair mother mother what's going on he's all that. Yeah, I mean this this is the early 70s. We're a couple of years removed from Woodstock, Vietnam War still going free lo- on. Free love on the free love freeway. Yeah. Marijuana. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. No. We won't judge you. No, but Paul Lynn will totally judge you because that, oh, oh, and you know what? Part of what makes this show, everybody was the foil. Yes. Every, it was like, his wife was Paul's foil. His daughter, well, his daughter was the foil, but nobody played the foil more than Howie. So this could have worked with, you know, anybody because... Paul Lynch was one of those people who could work with anybody. I don't think anybody could could keep up with him, though. No, and I think that's the problem here. Yeah, let's talk about the cast here. We can make another episode about Paul Lynch. Spoiler alert. He plays Paul Sims, again, successful lawyer, shrewd lawyer, family man. He's basically... A family man and a lawyer and everybody's foil. Very yeah. conservative. Yeah. So, uh, so like, imagine Paul Lynn's playing against type in every single way possible. Oh, on this show, definitely. Yeah. His wife, Martha, played by Elizabeth Allen, who you would know in shows like The Jackie Gleason Show, CPO Sharky... Oh, feature installment CPO Sharky. Mm-hmm. And Another World and Texas. But and and on one and she and she was in one of my favorite episodes of The Twilight Zone. The After Hours, where she was playing against Dan Francis saying Well, it's like, yes, you are a mannequin, but you can only be a human for a week. Oh, well, that's not so bad. She's a human for a week. Yeah. Paul Lynn's eldest daughter, Barbara, was played by Jane Actman, who I really don't remember from anything. What What was she in? I don't know. Oh, she she uh, she was in, oh, sorry, I should say the late Jane Actman. Yes. Because uh, she died a couple years ago, exactly two years ago. On this October 30th at the age of 69. But she played Bonnie Murphy on Wonder Woman for two episodes. Actually, she played two two people, two different episodes on Wonder Woman. And she was also in future installment, Three for the Road. I don't know what Three for the Road is. I don't know either, but it has Alex Rocco, Vince Van Patten, and Leif Garrett in it, so oh, I figured. Oh, oh, Alex Rocco, Vince Van Patten, and Leif Garrett. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's one for 2021, by the way. 
three for the road is one for 2021. And playing the role of Howie is John Calvin, who was on future installment, Tales of the Gold Monkey. <laughs> What's Tales of the Gold Monkey? Is that based on the LucasArts game? <laughs> Isn't there a LucasArts game called Tales of the Gold Monkey? There was not a LucasArts game called Tales of the Gold Monkey. Okay. I must oh, and he was also in a TV movie adaptation of Boris and Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> who was he playing in there? Harvey. Harv. I don't know who he is, but he wasn't. Boris or Natasha, that would be Dave Thomas and Sally Kellerman. Sorry, I don't see it. No. I mean, I can see Dave Thomas as Boris, but Sally Kellerman... That's going on the list. I'm putting it on the list right now. Yeah, Boris and Natasha movie in Three for the Road. Let's just put them on there. We're putting it on the list right now. I can just just see the image of Mike in his hospital bed being like, what the f*** is this? John Calvin was also on an episode... Mike, I know you're listening, so here it is. He was on Night Court in 1987. Oh, wow. Because as we all know, Night Court's like one of the seven shows that, I don't know how many shows it is we come back to, but yeah, that's one of the the many shows that we come back to. Everything comes back to that show. Okay, yeah, this is going on the list, too. Future installment, what really happened to the class of 65? I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either, which is probably why it's going on the list. Well, I hope it it asks what really happened to the class of 65, because I don't know. (sighs) I know what happened to the class of 65. They were on the murder mystery cruise. Oh, that explains it. What happens on the murder mystery cruise stays on the murder mystery cruise. That's the rule. That's the rule. See our previous episode in 102. Yeah. So, and then there's another daughter, Pamela Verdon, who played little Sally Sims. Oh, yeah. She was adorable. Oh, but that's not even her biggest role. Oh, really? She had another big role? Oh, she had the Biggest role. She she spent more. Let's just say she spent most of her career as a voice artist. Oh, I did not and, realize this. And two of her most notable roles. Okay. Fern Arable in the original Charlotte's Web movie. Oh, that makes a lot of sense because who played Templeton in the Charlotte's that Web would, movie? That would be Paul and yeah. Yes. And are you ready for this? Okay. Lucy Van Pelt in A Boy Named Charlie Brown. Wow. So even if this show did not last long, she lasted long. Yeah. And this, sure- it's like, this is probably, it's like, Pamela Ferdinand is probably the only one who got a legitimate career after this show. Yeah. And I, I can bet you how she got the role in Charlotte's Web. Probably Paul wouldn't put out a good word for her. Hey, you should cast your you should cast it with this girl I worked with. Uh, are you talking about the college lady? No, we don't talk about the college lady. <laughs> we don't talk about a bunch of other things. 
Okay, so those, so those are your particulars. You have the in-laws. Oh, of course the in-laws. And, of course, they are played by probably the uh, president and first lady of comedy at the time, Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira. And, folks, if you don't know who Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira are, please stop what? listening to this what podcast. Are you, what are you? It's like, if you don't know who Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira are, what podcast are you even listening to? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know why you decided to listen to this podcast if you don't know who they are. You might have heard of their son. Ben? Yeah. He's sort of a big deal. He was in Dodgeball. Yep. He was in, like, Reality Bites. Uh-huh. whole bunch he of other movies. Zoolander. Zoolander. Heavyweights. He's sort of a big deal. Along came Polly. Okay, so we got the particulars out of the way. Paul Lind, a few people who wouldn't be there for anything else. The voice actor behind Fern in the original Charlotte's Web, by the way, still cry at the ending. And the first couple, and the royal couple of comedy. How can you possibly top that? I have an episode guide, Greg! Oh! Oh, nice! This is going to be fantastic. Oh, God. We got 26 but, episodes. Back oh, in your seatbelts, kids. It's about to get real. Oh, yeah. Episode one. Howie comes home to roost. Paul's daughter returns home from college with her unemployed husband, Howie, for whom Paul tries to find a position. Yeah, this would be where we find out everybody's lot in life. Yep. Uh, Paul Lind as the lawyer, husband, father, suburbia, the put-upon wife, and, of course, the 2.3 kids, because this is America. Yeah. Oh, but the best part in this episode is there's the subplot where Paul has to go investigate a theater that is showing uh they're showing dirty movies. Ooh, you don't wanna see no you don't you don't want no dirty movies since the Burby in America in nineteen seventy two? You don't want none of that. Yeah, because unless you happen to be watching said dirty movies, but that's another episode. Yes. So Paul goes to the to the movie theater. I know this is going to be sound weird this to people. This doesn't sound weird at all. This is going to sound weird to people in 2020. But there was a time where you couldn't go on. There was no porn up. You couldn't go on the internet and search all the porn you this wanted. Is not, this doesn't sound weird at all, by the way. No. Movies are different now. You lost a sense of community. Interesting. Go on. Look, years ago, before the internet... We would all go out to the movies together. Yes, this is exactly what studios are trying to bring back. A, a, an event, a place we can all go to enjoy as a community. Yeah, I mean, it used to be you give the creep show at the window a couple of bucks. You could spend all day in there f***ing off. And the joy of it was that there were people f***ing off at the same time. I mean, not that you looked at each other. It was dark. You weren't looking for the gay thing. But it gave you a sense of something bigger than yourself. Now they, you know, got rid of all these movie theaters. They're taking all the sex out of the movies. And what am I supposed to do? Go home, turn the lights off, and f*** off in front of Charlie? No thanks. This was, this was completely above board, completely legit. Yeah, this was completely legit operation. So Paul has to go watch the dirty movie 
by his law firm to see if they're, they're doing anything bad, anything illegal. Yep. So, uh, let's just let's just play the clip of him watching the dirty here movie. Go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> no wonder they get seven fifty. <laughs> what do you mean shh? Nobody's saying anything up there. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. I I need no. I, I need no. a shower after that. No wonder they charge seven fifty. <laughs> this was peak Paul Lynch, ladies and gentlemen. No wonder they charge seven fifty. This is Paul Lynch. This is the Paul Lynch y'all know and love. By the way, all the facials he gives. You don't. You don't even have to like. Yeah, it's like. Paul Lynch is the kind of act. He was the kind of actor you would know what was on his mind if he said it. You would know what was on his mind if he didn't say it. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And you know what else was brilliant? Uh, the guest list. I don't know who Hope Summers is. I do know who Dick Van Patten is. Yes, because Dick Van Patten plays the person that's showing the dirty movies. <laughs> In the theater. Dick Van Patten? But he was America's father in the 70s. Sort of. But with some good words from Howie, Dick Van Patten's like, you know what? I'm going to stop showing dirty movies here in this theater. I'm going to show some clean, wholesome entertainment. Because Howie has taught me the way. Yeah, do we know he actually stopped showing those dirty movies? Oh, it was in the it was in like a headline in Variety. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, episode two: Whiz Kid Sizzles as Quiz Fizzles. Paul Sims, encyclopedic-minded son-in-law, goes on a television quiz show, hoping to earn enough money for him and his wife Barbara to move into their own apartments. I can relate to this. I, I too. Am an encyclopedic-minded sort. I too have gone on a television quiz show, hoping to earn money for me and my wife to move into my own apartment. Except for one thing: still not married. Still oh. not married. Call me anyway. Uh, and again, because seventy uh, high seventies game shows are a bit are about to blow up huge. And one of the one of the people, Jimmy, a guy named Jimmy, not little Jimmy, a guy named Jimmy. There's a guy named Jimmy, played by Anson Williams. That Anson Williams. That Anson Williams. And then there's a guy named Bill, played by Jonathan Daly. A guy named Herb, played by J.J. McNish, and the host of the quiz show, Roy Rowan. Who that guy? Me. I have no idea. Nobody knows who Roy Rowan is. Okay. So he's in that Ann Risley category. Well, actually, he he was, uh, he, during the 70s, he was a perennial that guy from that thing. But back in the day, he was the narrator for the CBS radio. 
Ooh. Yeah, he announced all the openings of I Love Lucy, Lucy's show, and Here's Lucy. So he was more known for voiceover work than he was for actual acting. He was a disembodied voice. Listen, when we were recording this episode on a Friday, we didn't realize that Antenna TV, like, two days later, was going to air the episode. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, Greg did all the heavy lifting on this because it seems like my local station, which had Antenna TV, dumped it out in favor of, I don't know, something else. Um, it doesn't really matter. doesn't really matter. Okay, we've already said the plot, Hallie goes on a game show. Yep. And, and Anson Williams is on the episode. Contrary to what I said on Friday, Anson Williams, as Jimmy, he was he's just a friend of Sally's. Because yeah. Sally was going to go over to his house and st- and study. And uh, Paul, because he's because he's Paul, had a bit of a conniption about it. Until he actually met Jimmy. And turns out he's the son of the big shot sponsor of the quiz show. And turns out he, they want to pay him cash. They want to pay Howie cash money for all of his answers. Oh. No, that's not good. No. But yeah, um Anson Williams. Think about Anson Williams as Jimmy. There's a bit there is a lot of do you know who my father is on this episode. Oh yeah, there's a lot of that. So anyhow, like I said, Greg did all the heavy work. I was able to get a copy of the episode. I watched it at work today and Woo Yeah. <laughs> you know, on that game show set. There was so much orange, my TV was going to tap out. There was, uh, I haven't seen a set that orange since Match Game. And this was the 70s, mind you, so. And this was, this would have been like a year before the 73 version of Match Game, because it hadn't premiered yet. Nope, it hadn't premiered yet. If you remember CBS back in the day, their sets for uh, their game shows were very brown. Muted, warm colors. Okay, so Howie, because he is a Mr. Smart guy, decides to totally pile it on and ultimately wins it. But here's the thing. This is where Howie's sort of conscience to a fault comes in. Because one of the answers that was given by his opponent Technically a correct answer. And Howie just would not let it go. Howie, that is absolutely right for $1,000. Plus another 1000 for becoming our new champion. <laughs> just a minute, what about him? Uh, gentlemen, may we have a ruling, please? <laughs> our judges panel has declared you the winner. <laughs> But that's not fair. Bill's answer was right, I tell you. You've won $4,000, Howie. Not bad for a start. I'm sorry. I can't accept the money under these circumstances. <laughs> He's got bananas. You lonely. Lonely. Now let me get the lonely. Now we have a brief message from our sponsor. When Howie gets home, I'll have a brief message for him. 
as in at all. As in, like, ever. He was, was like, Howie was not going to let this go. He was... He was going to bring this up at every chance he got. You know what? There's a clip that explains what happens between that moment and the moment how he gets home. That explains it far better than I could. You're kidding! Hold on! Wait till you hear this! My father says the network switchboard has been lit up with calls from people who saw the show! I guess we weren't the only people you're disappointed. I'm sorry if I got your father in trouble, Jimmy. No, you don't understand! You're a big hit! The producer's crazy about you, and he wants you back on the program next week! I'm proud of you. Uh, especially your your integrity. I don't know what to say. Will you do it? Do you want me to do it, Mr. Sims? Dad. I'll do it. You won't regret this, Howie. I hope not. And I hope the MC isn't sore at you. Why? Because he made a little mistake and how he corrected him. It happens all the time. Didn't you tell them? I didn't think it was important. T- tell us what. Well, the MC accused me of sabotaging the program, and he called me a jerk. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> well, I'm afraid I lost my temper. Really, I punched him in the nose. The, uh, the MC? Boy, he's the client's nephew. <laughs> and you didn't think it was important. <laughs> Why, you big jerk? Does did he beat? Did he like threaten the host or something? He punched his nose in. Threaten what? Can't threaten. He no, he, punched, he he punched his nose in. Why would he do that? Because he has no idea how to act in public. I guess I don't know. Like we like we'll say later on the episode for a guy with a with a bit high IQ, Howie is not that bright. Yeah, he, 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 you know who he reminds me of? Who? Dauber on coach. It's like, yeah, he's smart, but he's not really that smart. Are you, he are has you, no common sense, I guess. Are we saying that Howie on the Paul Lynn show was the 1970s Patrick Starr? Yes, that's exactly what we're saying. That sounds about right, yeah. Okay, so doesn't doesn't Jimmy get like a call and and Paul figures it all out at the end. And you know what? Just just play the clip. Yeah, let's let's play it. Just play the clip. Hello? Uh, yes, he's right here. Hello? Sure, Dad, but I know that, but Well they got how he's sore. Yeah, I'll tell him. Let me save you the trouble, gentlemen. The sponsor just talked to the producer, right? And they don't want Howie back, right? In fact, they wish they could eliminate him retroactively. I'm going upstairs and go to bed. 
like a cold compress. A pitcher of martinis. And hold the remote. Want me to come with you? Only if you don't mind watching a grown man cry. Yeah, no. Sponsors like, no, we're not having this guy on the show again. In fact, if we could, we'd retroactively uninvite him. And Paul just goes back to his room. Have himself a drink. Yeah. Have himself a martini without the vermouth, if I'm quoting him. All right, we're done with episode two. Now let's go back to past Greg and Chico as they discuss the rest of the run of the Paulman show. Episode 3, The Landlord. Paul tries to reconcile Howie's estranged parents, hoping they'll invite Howie and Barbara to live with them. Spoiler, it doesn't work well. What did, what did I say in this podcast? Status quo is king. Yep. So we're going to see the... Uh, best acting out of Jerry, Siller, and Ann Mira in this episode. But that's all we're gonna see. Because Howie, he ain't going nowhere. No. They're not gonna take him back. Because, how funny would that be? Yeah, it would just be what? Like, Paul, and his wife, and his youngest daughter. Which has not even developed into a full-fledged character. Are we... a? Is, is this going to be put on a bus? Are we about to chuck cutting up this lady? Episode four. <laughs> G- giggling like a little girl at this. Episode four. No nudes is good nudes. So apparently they didn't stop showing the naughty pictures. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, Paul determined to close down a nude stage production despite opposition from his boss and the mayor is embarrassed to learn his son-in-law has accepted a role in the show. Oh, no! This this is Howie we're talking about, and this is Howie's lot. Howie's lot in life is the slacker hippie, and nothing says free love but then giving your all to a performance. Hey, you know what? Howie's a progressive guy. I'm not going to judge him. There you go. Well, you judge him after episode five? Oh, yeah, to commune or not to commune. After Paul and Howie have several confrontations, Howie and Barbara move to a commune where they will supposedly be no hangups about private property. A.K.A. Welcome to the commune. You gotta share up. Okay, but we got a guest star alert here in uh, episode five. I see it. Yes, and this is probably the. This is probably I think you could say out of all these the. Because he wasn't well-known yet. That wouldn't come until, like, a couple years after this. couple decades, at least. Yeah, I I think you can say that this person is probably one of of the all-time... I guess you can say at this point, she's probably, like, one of the all-time legends in Hollywood. And also one of the smartest people in Hollywood, lady by the name of Jodie Foster. Yes, she plays one of the kids in in the hippie commune. So she would be a hiplet. Yeah, and she gives, like, she gives Paul some of the business, and she talks about how they let her watch Johnny Carson. (laughs) 
are uh, Howie and Barbara Dickerson here. Are you the fuzz? No, I'm not the fuzz. I'm not supposed to let the fuzz in. I'm Barbara's father. Uh, I'm not supposed to let them in either. Uh, let me talk to your mother. Which one? Huh? Well, all the girls here are my mother. Just what a father wants to hear. Pardon me, young man, but I'm looking for Howie and Barbara Dickerson. He's meditating. Well, well can he hear me? Only if you're Buddha. Look, I'm not going to stand here and play straight man to you. I want to talk to Howie. Hey, Jericho. Yo. What happened to that goat cheese I bought this morning? I ate it. Everything I put in the refrigerator, you eat. Well, that's why we took you in. You have good taste. That's his problem. His cheese is your cheese. Daddy, what are you doing here? Same thing all the streets do. He's going to talk you into coming home. Why aren't you in bed? Well, I'm staying up to see Johnny Carson. Remember, Johnny Carson would still be on. If you have the Johnny Carson TV on Pluto, you know that Johnny Carson was on a very long time. So Johnny Carson would be like, what, like a decade into his run at this point? About a decade, yeah. Yeah. So we're starting to see the running joke here. Episode six. How to be unhappy, though poor. Paul has a few days off, and in order to get his genius son-in-law out of the house, and hopefully into a job... Tells him he's been fired. Howie immediately becomes so busy putting the household on a tight budget that he hasn't time for job hunting. This is a classic case of, you completely missed the point, Howie. So, so he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to binge the budget instead of seeing, oh, man, I need, I need to get a job. I need to work, I need to get money for everybody. Yeah, he needs to... For, get... so, for someone with a 185 IQ, Howie's not that bright. He's a slacker. Slacker. Episode 7, Pollution Solution. Paul's home is full of demonstrators against a polluting oil company when the president of the company, Paul's client, arrives for a consultation. Oh, this isn't going to be awkward at all. Yes, yeah, so, so you have shenanigans all about in this episode. Is we have Paul, the firm he's representing, versus Howie and his hippy dippy friends. Yes, and not only that, but Sally is covering the protest in the house for a school project. This is just going all over the place. Yeah, this plot is bonkers. This is weird. It's like, this is the weirdest thing I think I've ever seen. And I'd like to say I've seen a lot. But we all know what happens because status quo is king. Right, yeah. Greg? Yes. Episode 8. To wed or not to wed? Paul learns that the marriage of his daughter to Howie is invalid due to a technicality. What? Ooh. Oh. So, now it's not so official. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Because, hey, Barbara is her own woman. She's a free-thinking woman. She's her own woman. She can do what she wants. 
But there's a minister here played by Chuck McCann, so I'm guessing they're going to go through with it. And, oh, by the way, this is the return of Barney and Grace Dickerson, played by Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira. Yes. So, shenanigans abound. We all love it. It's awesome. Now, we haven't, uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't talked about Sally much, have we? We talked about her a little bit. A little bit. She was the focal character in episode nine, Unsteady Going, right? Yes. Okay. So when Paul orders his daughter Sally to break up with her boyfriend, she runs away from home. Oh. Cue Howie trying to steer her back home. This is what he does. He does this sort of thing. Well, to give Howie credit, he's he's very helpful. He, oh, he is, he is quite helpful. Yeah, if you ever see the original play, this is what he does. This is sort of his thing. He gets into it's like Emma, only Emma is tall and a dude. He was very tall. He, re, you know, what he reminded me of who? Bill Fangerbach from Coach and SpongeBob. You can tell we recorded this from two days earlier, considering we referenced that again in the segment on episode two. Oh, yeah. And also Marshall's Dad. And also Marshall's Dad. Oh, one of the saddest episodes ever on How I Met Your Mother. Oh, God, we're going to be covering that episode, aren't we? No, I no, I don't want to do that. Uh, no, we're not going to cover that episode. Thankfully. Uh, that's that's just I'm, I'm I'm still not ready to talk about that episode. No. Anyway, episode ten. Ready to talk about this this episode though? Whose lib? Whose lib is it anyway? Paul's hopes for a gorgeous girl as a vacation replacement for his secretary fade when son-in-law Howie applies for the job. Good night, everybody. Mike, the sooner you get back, the better. Uh, Barbara, by the way, Barbara Rhodes is sort of the, I guess, I guess Barbara Barbara Rhodes is the one that she's she's either the original secretary or the one that Paul is hoping to hire. Episode eleven. Oh gosh, I have yes. thoughts about this. Oh, I, I can't. I'm so excited to talk about this. Meet Aunt Charlotte. Paul invites a Japanese tycoon to dinner, but instead of talking business, the charming Oxford-educated man's attention is devoted to Paul's visiting sister, Charlotte, played by Charlotte Ray. Girls, girls, girls! Now, I love Charlotte Ray as much as anybody. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I loved her in Facts of Life. I loved her in Different Strokes. I love her in the TV movie adaptation of The Worst Witch with Feruza Balk and, and Dave Diana Rigg. Oh, you know what I loved her in? What? Future installment, Thunder in Paradise. She was in that, though! She was in Thunder in Paradise with the Hulkster and Chris Lemon. We know who, uh, who else was in this episode? Oh, tell oh, me. God. Playing the role... Of okay. the Japanese businessman. Oh, no! James Tamura. No, no! Ray 
Walston. Was this like when Piper Laurie in the second season of Twin Peaks played a Japanese man? This was like Piper Laurie in the second season of Twin Peaks. Playing a Japanese so, man. You mean to tell me that Pat Morita was not available? Yeah, because Pat, because Happy Days, as we said, isn't around yet. He's no. looking for work. You know what? He would have been happy for the work. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh God! There is absolutely nothing right with this casting. I'm a, I'm sorry. You know what? I loved Ray Walston in My Favorite Martian. I love Ray Walston in Picket Fences. But there is absolutely nothing right with this casting. No, no. Like what? What even are you? Just like oh, babe, oh, William Master, what is you doing? No, William. No. Why would you do that? Why? Why? Just why? <sighs> okay. All right. Dial it back. Dial it back. Episode 12. An Affair to Forget. A woman who left her husband shows up at the Sims' home at 2 a.m. and asks Paul to handle her divorce. Plague said woman, I'm guessing, is Joanne Worley. Yes! <laughs> we all love Joanne Worley on this oh, podcast. Oh, Joanne Worley, she is the best. Oh, uh, but hey, but you know who's making a guest spot, and he plays three different characters in four episodes. Who would that guy be? Dick Wilson, who we discussed in a previous entry as Mr. Whipple. That's right, Mr. Whipple himself was on the show in four episodes playing three different characters. So in in this episode, he's playing a character called The Patient. He's just The Patient. Next episode, episode 13, halfway through, kids. Martha's last hurrah. And Charlotte returns. While Martha, campaigning for a women's lib candidate for the city council, asks a male passerby for a couple of dollars a really great woman and is arrested for soliciting. You know, in retrospect, I can see where they might have gotten that idea. Oh. That could have sounded so much better. That could have been put so much better in retrospect. Because a good-looking woman, Elizabeth Allen, asked for a couple dollars for a really good woman. You're not thinking about politics. No. Unless you're thinking about the politics of, hey... But guest starring in this episode as a character named Myron Campbell. Here we go. Bernie Capel. So Bernie would have been like fresh off Get Smart. Yes. And fresh off of Get Smart, a few years away from the love boat, you know. Yeah. And for more about Bernie Capel, go back to previous entry when things were rotten. Here we go. Episode 14, Paul's Desperate Hour. Oh. Uh, I think Greg's ready for this. Oh, no. No. Howie and Barbara bring home a young black who have... Oh, God. Howie and Barbara bring home a young black boy whom they befriended after they tried to mug Barbara and Howie select him. Let's give Howie and Barbara credit. They forgave this man. They're like, you know what? We forgive you. Trying to change your ways. How about we invite you to dinner? It's Howie. It's Howie. It's Howie. But, you know, Paul's not going to be happy about this. By the way, 
James Watson Jr. as Leroy, the young man that yeah tried to muggle. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. good, good thing his name wasn't Leroy Jenkins. Oh, Jesus. By the way, no way would that episode fly in 2020. Just oh, right. no, not these days. Especially post-George Floyd. No, that would just be terrible. Absolutely terrible. Episode 15. No more Mr. Nice Guy. No more, Mr. Cream. Paul's doctor advises him to avoid unnecessary excitement, so he makes a superhuman effort to be nice to his son-in-law, Howie. That's not going to work. We'll see. I can tell you right now, that never works. It's like, I will, I'm, I'm trying to be... I don't need any excitement, so I'm trying to avoid excitement. Excitement will find you. Yes. It will. Uh, by the way, playing the Doctor, Eugene Trubnik, and Joe and Luella Patterson, played by Josh Rochelle and Helen Page Camp. I don't okay. know who they are, but that's good to know. Yeah. Well, Chica, there is one guest star in No More Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, who's that? Playing the role of Karen is Marsha Strassman. Hold up, 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 Marsha Strassman. Yes, Julie of Cotter. What? Julie Cotter. Yes. From Welcome Back, Cotter. Yes. What's she doing up there? Well, this is only, what, about another four, three, four years before Welcome Back, Cotter? Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out what's her role in, you know, trying to calm Paul Lind. I don't know. Uh, next Episode 16, The Bear Facts. Oh. More nudes. Oh. Paul loses the nomination for the Bar Association presidency when Howie's nude portrait of Barbara is printed in the local newspaper. And the bar owner bites it. Oh. But you know who's in the bar? Who's in the bar? Our good friend Dick Wilson, Mr. Whipple, and... oh. Remember how we said that Dick Wilson liked playing or was typecast as drunk people? Uh-huh. What did he play in this? He played Tipsy Man. That's not typecast at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Episode 17, Howie's Inheritance. When Howie turns down a $10,000 inheritance, Paul summons the young man's parents, then a psychiatrist, Tell him change how he's mind. So yeah, we get Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira back to try to convince Howie to change his mind. And Milk came in as Dr. Berger, the psychiatrist. Yeah. So Howie decides he's going to take the inheritance, but he's going to give the money away. Oh, because it because Howie. Yeah, Howie has standards. So he just, he's going to give the money. He's going to have. Fund it, use it to fund a nature preserve. But here's the best part, Chico. He uh, na- he names the nature preserve in Paul's name. That's so Howie. Oh, Howie. That, I mean, that's great, isn't it? The Paul it's Sims. Like, how could you say no? How could you say no to that? The Paul Sims nature preserve. I mean, that's come on. It seems like everybody seems to love Howie, except for Paul. Yeah, 
I mean, he's doing all these nice things. He's doing, I mean, sometimes he might not be the brightest person for someone who's very sport, but he means well. Okay, next up, episode 18, P.S. I Loathe You. Oh, Paul writes a nasty letter to his boss, which then gets accidentally mailed. Because it's, this wasn't the days of email where you could just write something and then you send it accidentally. No, you actually, ha- Paul had to take the time. He had to write a letter. Yeah, he wrote a letter to his senior law partner, didn't send to send it, the dry cleaner sent it anyway. By the way, this episode, two things about this episode. One, hey, look, it's Dick Wilson. And two, the writers of the episode. Yeah. The writers of this episode would be Bob Carroll and Madeline Pugh Davis. Now, if you're a TV scholar, you know these were the two writers behind My Favorite Husband, a.k.a. I Love... Lucy. Oh. Oh, yeah. Didn't they write for future installment Life with Lucy? Yep. So this is comedy legends in terms of writing right here. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you. Oh, by the way, Life with Lucy will tell you exactly why that failed. Oh, yeah. And we just mentioned it. Uh Uh-huh. But that's another episode. Oh, episode 19. I liked this one. Oh. The, the unbelievable chemistry between Paul Lind and everybody else, and Howie and everybody else. The congressman's son. Paul loses a big job representing a congressional committee when Howie changes a congressman's son into a hippie. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no. the, yep. I'll tell you right now. Gordon Jump and Paul Sorensen are are Willie's uh, new co-workers. Because remember, this began when Paul got Howie a job. Working for a congressman. Oh, that's good. And congressman was played by Tom Bosley. I say, Brian, look. Three rows down. What? Is that Tom Bosley? What would Tom Bosley be doing on a train in Switzerland? I'm, I'm almost certain. Tom! Did he look? I don't know. Well, if I yell, you have to watch. Tom Bosley! No, it's not him. Huh. Okay. Oh, hold on. There's another guest on this. Oh, wait. Did We we already mentioned uh, Gordon Jump. Yep. I was trying to put my finger on who that person is who kept punching uh, Paul. Yeah, it was Gordon Jump. Yeah, because Paul knew. Stay the hell away from that bike shop. Episode 20, Out of Bounds. Apparently insoluble complications ensued when Paul learns that his back fence is a foot inside his neighbor's property. Oh, yeah. And th- there's this funny part in the beginning where Paul's having trouble getting a lawnmower to store it. Tried choking it? I even tried kicking it today. I suppose you've got your gas line open in your air vent. I suppose so. <laughs> but it doesn't start soon, I'm going to trade it in on a goat. 
he kicked the lawnmower. I think he kicks the lawnmower and it goes right into the pool. Oh yeah, that's there's something that we didn't mention. There was like an indoor pool on the set of this show. Wow. And there was all sorts of shenanigans at the pool. Like Paul would go into the pool. Like there'd be like shenanigans. There's like one episode where Howie's going underwater and uh, trying to, to in his scuba gear. And he accidentally gets Paul's alligator skin briefcase wet. Don't you dare touch it. Maybe I can fish it out with this. <laughs> Mr. Shams, your finger's on the trigger. Oh, my Soft underbelly, Mr. Sims. My alligator briefcase. Stabbed to death. All sorts of wacky shenanigans in that pool. Yep. And we see the second appearance of Bernie Capel as Campbell. Oh, good. So there you go. Episode 21. Is this trip necessary? Every trip is necessary. Paul's mother-in-law causes his wife Martha to become jealous of his beautiful young law assistant. Of course, we have the uh, mother-in-law, played by Mabel Albertson, and the law assistant, played by Elaine Giftus. Which, yeah, you totally get that. Uh, By the way, the mother-in-law story continues to the next episode. Oh, this isn't a timely title at all. Yeah, this whole series is pretty much dated. Yeah. Okay. Everything you've wanted to know about your mother-in-law, but were afraid to ask. Paul gets barside advice from a psychiatrist on how to handle his mother-in-law. Psychiatrist, played by Alan Hale Jr. Skipper! Yay! Do we see Dick Wilson at the other end of the bar? Well, do we? I don't know, but he's he's playing the character of George again. So he's he was probably at the at the bar. Probably getting, getting drunk. George the tipsy man. Do we do we know that George was the tipsy man? That's that's another one of those lifelong questions there. Yeah. I mean, we could we could just we could just watch the entire series on antenna TV to prepare, but no, we didn't. Oh, sorry. Episode 23, Back Talk. With deceit and cutting bail, Paul sees no way out of taking his wife to the annual charity dance. Again, check out the guest stars. Dick Van Patten returns as Dr. Willis. Wait, no. No, he's playing a different character. Playing a different character. Yeah. Maybe he's related to the guy that was running the porno theater in the first episode. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, we also see Herbert Anderson, uh, late of Dennis the Menace, and more than a handful of episodes of The Brady Bunch. <clears throat> yes, 
Herbert Anderson was on the Brady Bunch. Look really? it up. Really? Look it up. I did not know that. And Victor said, Young, how come you didn't get him to play the Japanese guy? Just a thought. Episode 24. Barbara goes home to mother. Hey, look, it's Barney and Grace again. Yay! Barbara leaves Howie after a fight, but Paul's joy about a split is dampened when going home for her means moving across the hall and forcing him to sleep on the couch. This is how youngins handled business in the 70s. So, of course, we have to... Because, again, because status quo is king, they eventually have to reconcile, right? Yeah, they gotta reconcile before the end of this episode. We gotta get the Reds involved. Hi, Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira. Episode 25, Togetherness. Paul's attempts to have a family day becomes a disaster instead of his hoped-for plot to promote togetherness. Yeah, well, yeah. This, this isn't gonna end well. No, it never does. Oh, speaking of not ending well, oh boy. In the final episode, springtime for Paul. Judging by the title alone, I can tell you this is not going to end well. Paul becomes the victim of a college girl's crush when he helps out with a school paper. Wait a second. Say that plot again. Paul becomes the victim of a college girl's crush when he helps her out with a school paper. A schoolgirl. A schoolgirl. A schoolgirl. A schoolgirl. Of 18 years old. Of 18 years old, at least. At least 18 years old. At least 18 year old schoolgirl. Is attracted to Paul Lind, who is married with two children. That is the truth fact. That is, that is so... I don't even know how to describe it. Sounds like Vladimir Nabokov may have written that, actually. He wrote Lolita. An interesting guest list here. Roger Carmel and Marianne Gibson play Mr. and Mrs. Cunningham. Christopher Norris plays Julie, but playing Freddy is a guy by the name of Frank Walker. Oh, And if you don't know who Frank Walker is, what podcast are you even listening to? Yes. Oh, a man of many voices, Frank Walker. Uh So looking back at all these episodes, you can't help but think that there's a definite shift from Howie being the focal point to Paul being the focal point. Yeah, it's kind of like a Simpsons thing, where in the beginning it was all about Bart Simpson. And then somewhere along the way, the show became about Homer Simpson and his wacky shenanigans. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at, I'm again, looking at all the episodes, and it sort of kind of happens around maybe episode eight, the wedding episode. Yeah. Because episode nine we're starting to learn more about the rest of the family. And then episode 10 is basically Paul at work. Yeah, it's basically the shenanigans of Paul Lynn while he's working. 
Yeah, but you still get a little bit of Howie. But you, but you, this this show definitely starts to play more to Paul Lynn's strengths than all of the other casts. Yeah, which is, I guess, I totally get why the show sort of kind of went off the rails then, because again, you have this. This is supposed to be a family unit, and Paul Lynn is supposed to be the father, and all of a sudden, he's the focal point. It's like, you almost want to say, in spite of the rest of the family? Well, one of the problems with this show was, okay, what was opposite it on ABC on the schedule? Uh... On a well, this show is on ABC. Yes. On NBC, it was Adam Twelve. Yes, a big on, hit for big hit for NBC. And the biggest hit on CBS up to that point, anyway. The Carol Burnett Show. Yeah, this show was this show didn't have a hope in hell. No. Not against that competition. But even if it wasn't up against that competition, I don't think it would have lasted because as soon as the show aired, they just totally savaged it in the in the press here. They compared this, and this is from the bootleg files out of filmthreat.com. This show lacked all the controversial and topical issues brought up by all of the family due to ABC's continued restriction on social issues at the time. Remember, this was the same network that aired The Brady Bunch and The Partridge Family. This was despite Lynn's rewrite of the show's dialogue in an effort to make the show more lively and comedic. Yeah, you can see why this didn't work. Yeah, basically, they they tried to... It's like they tried to fit a family show around a guy who was, to be honest, not used to being a family man. No, nothing about Poland says family man. Like I said earlier, it's like Poland was playing against type in every way, form, or facet. But you know what? He is the professional. He somehow found a way to make this work. He gave his all to that role. He yeah. could, you can watch the show and you can tell that he was not holding back anything. Yeah. This was Paul Lind, well, outside of Hollywood Squares, this was Paul Lind at his Paul Lindiest. Yeah. So, of course, after this show was canceled, Paul Lind would go on another show on ABC and join the cast of a failing show in future entry, Temperatures Rising. Yep. Yeah. I don't think that's on the list. We're going to include that. It's going on the list right now. Yeah, well, we got to look. I, I hope I didn't put that on there. But, yeah, Temperatures Rising. We're definitely going to cover that in some point. It had Cleavon Little in it. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to cover that at some point. Oh, yeah. Paul Wind, Cleavon Little. We're definitely going to have to cover that immediately yeah but but yeah but paul wind had to fulfill his contract to abc and well the last one of the last things he did to fulfill his contract with abc will cover eventually Uh wink wink Mm -hmm. but 
But this show has kind of found recently some new life because a couple of years ago, Antenna TV aired the entire run of the show. All 26 as, episodes. All 26 episodes on New Year's Eve 2018. And we have the promo for it right here. You may know him or have forgot he was funny with that witch. And when New Year's Eve had an empty slot, Antenna TV made a switch. By design, we picked the Paulin show, cause his last name at the least sounded like the middle of Old Lang Syne, so we made a TV beast. It's called the Old Lang Syne, my friend, the Paulin show marathon. The show is rare, and we hope you'll watch New Year's Eve from 6 to dawn. Old Lindsay. Old Lindsay. Get, get it, Chico? Old Lindsay. Because his, his last name kind of sounded like the middle part of Old Lindsay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That is I the cleverest it. way for a New Year's Eve marathon ever. Because his, his last name kind of sounded like Old Lindsay. Yep. Old Lindsay. Paul and Paul and you know what? His first name, his last name, sign. Paul and sign. Now I get it. Yeah. But yeah, Antenna TV also airs this. If you're a real insomniac, folks, you can watch it every Sunday morning on Antenna TV at 5.30 a.m. Or you could just let your DVR do all the work for you, you lazy bum. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Howie. Oh, by the way, by the way, Chico, at 5.30, they are playing the quiz show episode. Oh, I am recording that. You know what? I got an idea. We'll record it. Uh, uh, Do I still have Antenna TV? Do you still have Antenna TV? I'm looking to see if I still have Antenna TV. Okay. I do not have Antenna TV. This is Uh, bull. Oh, that's... Oh, well, you know what? I can record it. I can put it on a DVD. I can burn the file off the DVD. I can rip it off the DVD, and I can upload it to Google Drive. It'll take a lot of work, but I can do it. Nice. Every Sunday morning at 5.30 a.m., you can watch Paul Lynn's show. On Antenna. Yes. And if you don't have Antenna, um, there's somebody actually ripped the entire season. The entire well, season. Always most of it. Most of it. And put it on YouTube so you can watch it there. Your heart's content. But yeah, sounds weird, doesn't it? Paul Lind, I'll, I'll say this one more time. Paul Lind, conservative lawyer, married father of two. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Yes, it does. But for 26 episodes back in 1972 and 1973, it was a thing on TV. It was. But you know what else is a thing on TV? What's that? This podcast. Uh, Not exactly yeah. a thing on TV, but that's the title of the show. Yeah, oh, well, of course it is. It's also the title of the website. It was a thing on TV.com. There you can listen to all our other episodes. We have 104 episodes worth of content. And, of course, we cannot forget... Uh, 103. Our... This is 103. 
Yeah, though, but we're talking about minisodes and such. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Minisodes? Well, let's just say over 105. We have, and, and yeah, we have a lot of content for you to listen to, and it was a thing on TV.com, of course. There you can find out about the show, about us, follow all of our social feeds, and remember, you can also find us at wherever fine podcasts can be streamed. Don't forget, like, subscribe, rate, review. Five stars only. We are desperate for your approval. Yeah, come on. Go to Apple. Just leave a five. You can write something. Just write something about yeah. us. It, it could so, be like two anything. paragraphs. It could be. It could be like I don't know. I want to. I want you guys to review. I had three wives. I don't know. Yeah, and and also, of course, we cannot forget our good friends at Place to Be Nation Pop, who get all of the drops that we do every Wednesday. Of yes, food. every with, Wednesday with with added with additional supplemental bonus, if you will, material. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you'll get a bonus thing that you didn't get in the regular episode. So that's a reason why you should listen on the Place to Be Nation pop feed because you never know. You never know when we'll have that extra bonus thing that we'll include. You never know this. It'll sneak up on you like a Randy Orton or KO. Oh, yeah. So that'll do it for this week. But next week, we've got a couple more good things on TV, like... Well, we've been sort of wink, wink, nod, nod, nudge, nudge. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Let's just say this episode that you just listened to is part one. Yes, it's the lead into an ep- another thing that I teased. I teased. You teased it. Yes. And and we're going to cover it. Yes. And we are also going to cover Greg. What else are we going to cover? Uh, we're going to cover something that's very timely for this time of month. Oh, yes. Yeah, we already covered one one episode this month about baseball. But you know what? We decided, you know what? You need more baseball? We need Boss, more. Boss baseball? We need more base. We need more sitcoms that have a baseball episode. Baseball we, bueno. America we, be very, very good to me. Thank you, Chico Escuela. But we found, we found one. And, oh, it's a doozy. You're going to want to tune in for that. So until then, this has been my good friend, Greg Dieter. I've been Chico Alexander. And we'll see you next week with another thing on TV. Wow! 7.50? For what? For everything. Here. What time does the movie start? Does it really matter? <laughs> you may not believe this, but not too long ago, I saw Snow White here. What a coincidence. Just next week, we're showing Snow White makes out with the seven cycle freaks. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> to think you're probably someone's grandmother. <laughs> <laughs>